Good morning, everybody. This is Judith Hake. Hope you're listening to Mad Love. Let's get into it. So over the weekend, I watched this uh, three-part series. I took advantage of my new HBO Max, that's now Max, scenario, and was watching uh, Army Hammer, House of Hammer, I think it's called. And... It was especially chilling because I had just seen that they weren't going to be pressing charges against him um, officially. They say they don't have enough evidence, but I'm telling you, um, if he wasn't famous, he'd probably most definitely be getting some charges. Maybe, well, maybe L.A. is kind of not law and order right now, so I don't know. Maybe... uh, I don't know. I would think this would be worth stopping because he sounds demented. And then it goes all the way back to his namesake, his great grandfather, I want to say, Armand Hammer, the rich guy. You know, I'd heard his name before, but I always thought about Armand Hammer uh, baking soda. I didn't think anything about, you know, the man when I was a kid. But apparently he was, uh, um, Jeffrey Epstein before Jeffrey Epstein I don't know about the sexual stuff but he definitely blackmailed people and bribed people like heads of state and politicians and he spent a lot of money uh, currying favor from politicians and using Prince Charles and Lady Diana to uh, you know give himself some good publicity when he was getting in trouble I mean he seems like a monster this Armand Hammer, who uh, was a very wealthy man uh, from oil. And then he had a son who was, sounds like a monster. And then that guy, that monster had uh, a son who is Army Hammer's father. And they all have these weird uh, sexual proclivities. They were all violent, sexually violent uh, very uh, anti-women, even though they had a lot of sex with women, they weren't particularly, you know, fans of women. They sounded like Vikings, really, you know, like, let's pillage, you know, uh, very much Game of Thrones type approach to, to women. And um, it was really eye-opening because this guy just sort of came out of nowhere the, the social network really launched his career and it turns out like they've got text messages this isn't like the you know the 40s there are receipts and the girls kept the text messages and they're awful I mean he wants to eat people he wants to you know tie them up with ropes and he sounds obsessive and crazy he really does and they the stories about his father and what his father did and his grandfather did in their households, you know, it's it doesn't sound like a really healthy environment. And I think people need to, uh, you know, there's certain kinds of people that do certain kinds of things. And it doesn't matter what race they are, you know, like there's certain people that could behave this way. And it just doesn't matter what anything else is this this, they're just that kind of person that's how they get down and the money for this family kind of cushions all of it like oprah says the more you know you become more of who you are with with money 
it only brings out more of what you're already into. And these people are really some sick puppies. And I'm imagining he's going to, you know, get past this and be in more movies because he looks like a movie star. Army Hammer is handsome. He is attractive. And, you know, he's one of those kind of tall, dashing types that don't we don't seem to have a whole bunch of those right now. Um, I just hope that nobody else has to get hurt, you know, messing around with this guy. And it seems like it's going to be normal. And then he just goes super obsessive. He's really into tying people up and just using them sexually. Uh, there's some pathology there. He needs to get some help, really. And then you look and they do a pretty good job drawing all these connections between him and his grandfather, his great-grandfather, and his father. And it's disturbing. I mean, these people, they made their money blackmailing people. And apparently, that was just a big deal. There, there, There's a tactic that I never considered that you could just blackmail your way to wealth. Because that's basically what Jeffrey Epstein did. Now, it's, it's becoming more and more clear that he wasn't wealthy. I'm sure he stole money from Les Wexner. That that seems right. But I bet he was blackmailing him. I bet, you know, because he's from kind of wholesome Columbus, Ohio. Everything is named after Les Wexner. People love Les Wexner. There's a whole subdivision or like little part of town, uh, New Albany, that is beautiful and all the rich rich people live there. And he has a huge place there. And it basically, he created this whole, like, they owe that whole area to Les Wexner. There's no way he wants it out that he has done something untoward. And I don't know what it is, but I'm sure Jeffrey Epstein uh, didn't have any compunction blackmailing him over it. Because that was his jam. And apparently Armand Hammer, Dr. Armand Hammer, was uh, also unashamed to blackmail uh, presidents of other countries and, uh, you know, insinuate himself in places where, you know, he didn't really belong, but his money put him there and he wasn't afraid to use it in a negative way. I mean, blackmailing people, that's low down. So yeah, if you get a chance to watch it, it's on, uh, Max and I didn't like the name HBO Max. Well, Max is even worse, but it is what it is. Uh, and, that house of hammer is on there and it is it is telling i mean it's disturbing and i understand that some of the stuff couldn't be proven in court but um if you get the witnesses i'm not sure why why you couldn't prove it but i don't know which particular or specific case someone else may uh you know file charges against him especially if if you know, he continues down this road. I mean, sex trafficking and stuff. You know, I think we're at a really curious time. It's been obvious that people don't want to be held accountable for anything and people seem to be unwilling to hold themselves accountable. But it feels like a sea change is happening and I'm not sure why. Um, I've been working a lot on my own spiritual consciousness and energy and maybe that's what I'm feeling. But it feels like the universe is finally going to be like enough. You've, you've been a liar, you've been a cheat, you've been irresponsible, you've been reckless, you've been breaking the law, you've been uh, not a good human, and it's you're going to be dealt with. It sort of feels like that, because I know that it's not prison, 
but you can't tell me this guy, this army hammer guy is not devastated that, that people know this about him. And, you know, a lot of being famous is, is, you know, built on this fragile ego that they have, you know, a lot of them don't think they're that talented. A lot of them don't think that they, I think they have imposter syndrome, some of them, you know, so I think this is devastating to him to that people know this about him. And, you know, you can keep saying it's a lie or whatever, but the reality is people know you're dirt now. And it's going to be, it should be harder to get victims, but you never know. But maybe another victim will step up and, and some justice will be served because this is unsafe. It's not BDSM. It, it was just basically, I'm, you know, crazy. Why would you tell somebody you want to cook their ribs and smoke parts of their body so so you can eat it? You know, how you how is that not murder? I don't know. Last time I checked, you couldn't just put somebody on a smoker and remove their rib and they'd just be alive after that. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's, it's a very, and I use that word sparingly. Because I actually know mentally ill people. This is, there is something not right there. So if you get a chance to watch it, you should check it out. Uh, The other thing I was thinking about was, you know, I I do feel like it's a sea change. I do think that the the righteous and the conscious are rising to the top. You know, some of this stuff is just not sustainable. Everybody's not going to be included. Some people are still going to be feeling excluded and get their feelings hurt. And, and I think there's value in that because that's how you grow. Life is filled with adversity. And I don't believe people should come to harm. Like no one should be met with harm. But don't expect everybody to just smile and give you a big old hug. And like, let's all just be together. You know, that's not the way the world is. People don't like each other all the time. And it's not based on race. It's not based on it's people who are different than each other you know you like loud I like quiet you like white I like black you like you know uh tons of people standing around I don't like anybody standing around like those are just differences in people and so there's gonna be you know if you move into a neighborhood and you feel like you know they don't want you there I don't know. Maybe it's okay to not move in that neighborhood. I get it. You should have the right to move in that neighborhood. But is that really a fight that we have in 2023? There's not someplace else you can go that that will welcome you with open arms. You know, some of these battles we're picking, it's like, these aren't worth fighting. You know, what's fi- worth fighting is trying to figure out why insurance has made it so they won't pay for any help in terms of dementia. You know, how about that? And I know it's different from state to state, especially if you need to use Medicaid. But like we all need to start understanding the ramifications of having 75 million senior citizens. Everything's going to contract. Everything's going to get harder. Nobody can. We can't sustain it. It's not enough of us behind them. And it's just been barreling we're just barreling towards this weird time in american history and no one's saying anything that's a lot of people that that are shutting down from being producers in the economy 
to consumers exclusively. They're they're leaving their jobs. Um, and a lot of the problems in medicine right now is because a lot of great doctors retired or quit or left their practice because COVID, they realized they were delivering a level of care that that was unsustainable for them. You know, doctors who actually used to sit down and talk to you to get to know you for real and didn't get mad at you because you were actually sick. They wanted to help you. They wanted to heal you. I mean, I think the people that are left are pretty not great. And I know I'm being, you know, I'm speaking in generalities, but uh, this has been my personal experience. And one thing St. Louis has always had going for it is it's a medical city. We got great med schools. We got great universities that do great research. Like, this is not like some dust bowl of a medical community I'm talking about. This is a a world-renowned community. And it's like pulling teeth. And you can't get into the good doctors because everybody's like, I'm not leaving him. He's good. I'm not leaving her. She's great. And then it's like you're stuck with these, like, terrible ones the ones that are always seeking new patients you'll figure out why they're awful they have no bedside manner they they don't know how to treat people and if you come in there and you present with something uh like alzheimer's they're gonna just be worse than ever they almost kick rocks you know so it's super frustrating and we're not paying attention to any of that Instead, everybody's just sort of, you know, I, I watched a, uh, ignoring it is what I was going to say. I'm watch, I watched a great Ed Milet interview yesterday with Dr. William Lee, I think is his name. And what was fascinating about it is Ed asked all the questions I would ask. And it was great. You know, if I had to design a person that I would feel like a personality that would feel like a sibling, I think it would be Ed Milet. And I don't know why I feel that way. I just do. But, um, you know, he asked some really great questions and I'd love to have him on the podcast just to talk about his story. Because when I was really trying to get my businesses off the ground and I was just so frustrated in about 2017, I listened to a ton of Ed Milet and he really helped me understand some of my limitations, which is, you know, it's almost it's almost bad to be born to a middle-class family because you don't have the hunger of somebody who was born without anything and you don't have the resources of people who were born with everything. So it's like, you're just sort of in the middle, but you can also like not be inspired enough. You know, you don't have enough fire. So you have to really push past that to, to get to greatness. And so, yeah, I would love to have Ed Milet on the show. I would also love to hear him talk about this dementia winter. It's coming and it's coming for your family. And many, many families are going to be affected by this. And it's just shocking how nobody seems to be like calling out, you know, like, hey, hey, something bad is coming. I mean, within the next five years, all of these people that are in their mid 70s are going to be in their early 80s. And in my family, uh, you know, certainly with my mom, 80 was a real bellwether age. Like, it just started to be very, very different. Um, She wanted to be autonomous. She couldn't be autonomous. 
And I would love to see more research on this, but this disease can can appear as early as 30 years uh, prior to it becoming severe cognitive decline. I mean, she never was a great sleeper. She had a ton of anxiety, which she passed on to me, which I didn't know was anxiety. I had a lot of anxiety in college all through my 20s. So, yeah, sorry about that. Got cut off. Uh, Apparently, if someone calls me while I'm doing this podcast, they uh, cut off the podcast. So anyway, I was uh, talking about anxiety. Oh, I had anxiety all through college, all through my 20s. It really gripped me. I I struggled with it a little bit more in my 30s. And then I kind of got a hold of it in my late 30s and into my 40s. But yeah, it was it's been a challenge. And I inherited it from my mom, like, just, I have done a lot of work. I started working on myself in terms of my, um, you know, I just, like I said, I got to college and I just realized a lot of people seemed way, way more sophisticated and advanced than I did. And I just uh, had all this anxiety that I didn't really verbalize and I kind of just carried it around and didn't say much about it. So a lot of people who knew me in college are going to be like, you had anxiety? Yes. And um, yeah, and I really started down this self, uh, not self-help, I, but you know, like personal growth journey. I started when I was about 19 and I've been working very steadfastly since then. I had some major, I made some major changes in college, which started to help tamp down the anxiety, but also really shockingly had a huge epiphany in my 40s. Uh, thanks to Dr. Wayne Dyer, the power of intention. Um, your Where you come from, the people you grow up with, your family, all these people have huge influences on you. And some of those things are positive and some of those things are not. You know, and you have to work through all of that. If you want to live a full holistic life, you know, like, yeah, you can go out in the world and make a ton of money. But if there's something fundamentally, you know, lacking in your life and you don't have the emotional maturity or the emotional intelligence to to get in touch with it. I mean, I wouldn't want to live that way. I know other people seem to be fine living that way. An unexamined life is not what I came here for. So I know other people are kind of like that, but I'm not, you know, I want to, I want the full experience. I want to be in touch with my emotions. I want to be, uh, I want to fall in love with my life and the people in it. And I want them to fall in love with me back. You know, I think that's what we came here for. And a lot of us missed the boat on that. So you'll hear me say that a lot lately, fall in love with your life because it's so important. You don't get forever. I'm talking about how crazy it is. It's June already. And I feel like I just was telling people Happy New Year. Well, multiply that over years, decades. I mean, it goes fast. After third grade, life just picks up and goes real quick. And, you know, it's up to you. But I feel better loving the people that love me and being engaged, listening, caring about people, um, 
helping people. Some people find this podcast helpful and I'm glad. I want to help people. That's why I do it. You know, I'm screaming and shouting the alarms because I don't want people to be as caught off guard as I was with dementia and becoming a caregiver and the whole way it just consumes your life and takes over. You know, I say God has done a work in me and I know he has because I have endured quite a bit in the last 15 years that had I not been doing the work on myself, I wouldn't have made it. I would have, I'd be in the hospital too. So anyway, on that note, just try to be engaged. Try to be the best person you can possibly be because we came here for a reason and no one knows your reason. Only you and God know your reason for being here. So I feel like mine is to make movies and to to move the needle, to get people who are at A to B. And I hope that I do that every day um, in my life and also with this podcast. And I hope you know that I have nothing but good intentions and I want people to to be better with me. You know, let's get on up on this high road together. That's what I'm hoping for. Anyway, please take care, everybody. Sorry for the little glitch in the middle, but that's not my fault. I have a friend who just has to call me super early. And sometimes it's uh, obviously sometimes I'm able to cut it off just before I know he's going to (laughs) call. But I didn't get a chance to do that today. So anyway, have an amazing day. Be your best. And we will meet back here Thursday. Take care.